Welcome to Cricket Welcome to Critical Lives Episode. They're not the mic. Fuck. Just start again. No, no, that's it. No, because it was perfect. It was a perfect intro. That's the problem. You are. Welcome to Critical Apocalypse Episode 154. With the ensuing chaos of lockdown and everything else is slowly turning us insane. So what we do is talk about fucking pop culture because we've got nothing better to do. And there is nothing better to do. So today, I was thinking we should have some sort of gimmick. No. What? No. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to introduce the idea that we we play two minutes of a role playing game that I come up with. So I give you choices set around the apocalypse. I don't want anything to do with your role playing games. Okay. So from next episode, we'll do a role playing game in the first two minutes of the episode. Cool. I'm happy to do that. Um. So so news. News. Yeah. News. So, yeah. yeah. Well, CD yeah, Projekt yeah. Red got yeah, hacked. Is that what we? CD Projekt Red got hacked. So they have my information and my papers. That news, that's just the latest design. I'm hoping that that isn't stolen. Because mm. <laughs> I'm trying to get a refund off of them. Um, Mario came out. Godzilla vs. King Kong got a release date, a definitive one. Uh, Justice League had a trailer today. Did you watch the Justice League trailer? Yeah. Um, what fucking aspect is that in? Yeah, I've watched two trailers and both are in a different aspect ratio. Really? Was yeah. one of yours widescreen? No. Oh, fuck! <laughs> no, one's the one on HBO's YouTube channel is four three ratio. Okay, and the one they put on the official Justice League Twitter, yeah, was one one. It was like literally a square. It was yeah. like Instagram. What is going on? So is it going to be in one of those aspect ratios? It's going to be in four three, from what I understand. But then I was looking at some of the shots, and some of the shots look like they're cropped down from, like they've cropped the sides off the widescreen shot from but, the original film. Because I have watched Justice League multiple times. I I know that film pretty yeah, well. You, see, that's the thing. That's why this is we're talking cheese. We're chalk and cheese, because you like Justice League, and I, for some reason, can tolerate Batman versus Superman. No, I know the film is Justice like that, League. It's a, you know, it's a beautiful work you of art. You love Justice League. Made by um, a serial abuser. <laughs> what, Zack Snyder? No, Joss Whedon. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. Joss Whedon is a fucking yeah. disgusting human being. So disgusting, he couldn't be in the same room as... Uh, what was the film Michelle she did where Trachtenberg? she was... Yeah, what was the film she... Oh, Eurotrip she was in. <laughs> yeah, but she wasn't... He didn't The star of Eurotrip. Yeah, but he didn't make that film. No, I know he didn't, but she's known for more than Buffy. In fact, I think Buffy's like one of her lesser credits, considering some of the stuff that she did. Because she was like a big deal in the 90s and early aughts. She's barely in Road Trip, is she? No, Eurotrip, she's a main character. Is she? Yeah, and then also, what else was she she in? She was in that ice skating movie, Skate Moms? What? Or something? I don't know. Skate Moms? Skate Moms or something? Maybe someone gives someone a C-section with a skate. <laughs> Bucky Larson. <laughs> Bucky Larson, born to be a skating star, the sequel. Yeah. Um, no, no, like... So, yeah, some pretty damning shit came out that she wasn't allowed to... Or or she... Some part of her contract stipulation or some complaint by her parents meant that Joss Whedon couldn't be in the same room alone with her. Yeah. Which, going by what's being released about Joss Whedon, that sounds about on par for him. He's a fucking prick. Mm. Um, did you also hear that uh, Warner Brothers threw out Thingy's complaint? Um, who's the dude who plays Cyborg? Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher, yeah. His complaint was like, they closed it. They didn't... There was no action taken. Mm. So he's taking legal action now. But he's like super happy to be working with Zack Snyder again. And apparently Zack Snyder... Uh, not Zack Snyder. Who was it? Someone collaborated with him and said that, like, yeah, it wasn't a good set for him. Was it one of the big guys? It might have been Jason Moore, actually. But yeah. With J.K. The... Simmons, who did half a day's work on... J.K. Simmons got so fucking ripped for that movie. To wear a trench coat. To wear a trench coat. <laughs> In the nothing. dark. Yeah. God fucking damn it, that movie's a shitty mess. 
You love it though. It's a beautiful movie. I don't though. know why you like it. You can't so stop much. laughing at it. Like that's it the makes thing. Me laugh. You can watch that and enjoy that in the same way I can watch Batman vs Superman and enjoy that. But you hate Batman vs Superman, and I. No, the funny thing with Batman vs Superman, it's a disaster, but it's Zack Snyder's disaster. Yeah. The funny thing about Justice League is that it started off as Zack Snyder's disaster, and then someone made it worse. So it's not just a Joss Whedon disaster. He's making a disaster of someone else's disaster. That's true. So it's fantastic. It's like you're bringing down two people in one go. It's hilarious. Isn't it really weird that they had a countdown to when the trailer was going to be released, but then it got released three hours early by Zack Snyder and an hour later by... He's so edgy (laughs) that we live in a society, man. Is he still the only person to use Vimeo? I don't know Vimeo. No, it's not Vimeo. He uses... um, What's that? He's got some friggin' social network that I think he actually has a stake in. No, like I think Vimeo's where he released all his video clips and stuff. No, no, no. There's some, there's some web, there's some friggin' social network thing he's on that no mm. one uses. Well, Snyder Cut. Type <laughs> thing, yeah, probably. Um, they all signed up to it. But yeah, so I'm still gonna watch this. I'm still excited to see what kind of a shit show this is. Mm. I don't know if it's gonna be. So so absolutely awful that it just makes everyone just shut up about this fucking Snyder Snyderverse shit, or if it's going to be slightly better and somehow reignite the fury for a Snyder a Snyder universe DC fucking movie shit. It would be easy enough to take it as canon because absolutely nothing that happens in that movie has any effect on any of the films that have happened afterwards. That is. <laughs> Like the effects of the first Avengers film are constantly referenced and mentioned and brought up again and again mm. in future films. But the events of the Justice League movie? I rewatched I rewatched all the Avengers films last week. Mm. Um, I you, watched all the Marvel films. Yeah, you were watching them all. Because you watched um, Age of Ultron and I said, I think Age of Ultron's a slightly underrated film. Yeah. Um, even though it was made by Hollywood's second greatest monster. Following Roman Polanski. No, following oh. oh god, yeah, third greatest monster. <laughs> following following fucking uh, Brian Brian Singer. I think Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey tie for for, for second. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey uh, Weinstein. Oh god, yeah, Jesus. Hollywood might just be a hive of scum. Kim Jong Il. <laughs> yeah, he's not technically in there. He had Hollywood money. I bet he funded a few Hollywood films. Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so can you not burp? But um, but no, watching the Avengers films, it's it's really really weird that you can watch those films completely void of the other films in the series, and they still are cohesive. Less like, so later on you get. Yeah, later on you get. So when you get to like Endgame and stuff like that, and I think that you have to treat Civil War as an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to go Avengers, Age of Ultron, Civil War. And then you go into Infinity War and Endgame, and it just makes sense. Mm. But with Justice League and all those other DC movies, none of it makes sense. None of it feels connected. None of it feels like a universe. Like, and <sighs> things that happen within one film. Coming up some original criticisms of the DC. Well, I know, but like, yeah. it's stuff like, it's just, it, the no, more. Man, you don't understand. It's just edgy. Getting... Batman's going to say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Robin say fuck? In Titans, that's yeah. not part of the Yeah, Robin's already universe, said so. fuck. Batman's got to say cunt. Hmm. Batman, like, he can't say what his protege says. He's got that's a not blackface. <laughs> blackface. <laughs> He's got to come out, yeah. And I want to mention it. He's got to come out in blackface and just be like, cunt. <laughs> like, every word he says is cunt. Hmm. Like, there's no longer any other dialogue in the film. It's just Batman going, cunt. Hmm. Cunt. Um, 
But yeah, like I, I started thinking about the DC universe and there are moments in just in Batman vs Superman that make no fucking sense. One of my favourites are at the end, it was in a trailer, Batman turns to Superman and say, <coughs> it says uh, it was, He doesn't say that. He does at one point. He turns to Superman and he says, Is she with you? And Superman says, I thought she was with you. Uh-huh. And I was like, wait, no, Batman was interacting with Wonder Woman earlier in the film. He he explicitly sent her an email asking her to join them for the final battle. So Batman's asking a question like, is she with you? It's like, no, you know who the fuck that is. She's not even wearing a mask. It's the same person you hit on at the party. Zack Snyder doesn't know what was on that email because that screen was digitally added in later. Oh, right. Yeah. And also, so was the party scene. Yeah, he shot all the whole thing and then he was like, how am I going to make sure she gets there at the end? I know. Well, we got that shot of Ben Affleck using a computer with a green screen tracking markers on yeah, it yeah, yeah. and then they superimpose an email onto oh. it oh he's like hi we're gonna go fight a big grey monster he was so drunk he couldn't read the screen and you know when you give a kid like that's a- what happens in the Justice League film they're no, just no. gonna be like hey we got a big grey monster coming up anyone wanna fight and Wonder Woman's like big grey monster fight hell no, yeah no it was Batman was on the supercomputer they link up through parlour and he had <laughs> and he had a keyboard that wasn't plugged in you know that way you give a kid a controller for a game Game console, but you don't plug it in. You play the game, but they we think they're We have wireless playing. control keyboards. Yeah, I know, but like right. back in the day, if you had like a kid, like if my nieces or nephews wanted to play a video game, I would have the controller plugged in. They were, theirs wouldn't be plugged in. I'd be like, that's really good what you're doing there. Encourage I think the joke like, was that yours wasn't plugged in and theirs was. <laughs> but they're doing that, but it's actually, my, it's, um, it's, uh, God, what was the name of the guy? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons in the background going like, going like, Please join him for the fight. He's so drunk he can't even read the fucking emails anymore. There's a big grey monster in it for you. There's a big grey monster. <laughs> and Batman comes back to Batman trying to take a picture of his dick. <laughs> and then put it on the PC. He actually sends it to Superman and Superman's like, oh, that's those space pod things we had on um, Krypton. <laughs> I remember why them. Covered in the gena- why am I thinking about material? flying to space when I look at this? Yeah, why, why am I thinking about the negative zone or my negative zone? You done And that. those hunky boys. Yeah, I'm done. You review first, Aaron. You do not care for hunky boys. <laughs> or do I? <laughs> I love the fact that Red Letter Media like that as much as I like it. Well, actually, saying that, Mike is one of the only people I've heard say that they, they kind of enjoyed it. Everyone mm. else it's been, they hate it or they love I it. I didn't hate it. It's just not a great film. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Kids today. It takes very little to impress you. You haven't seen The Editor, have you? You'd really like The Editor because it's like a Giallo film. Giallo. Giallo. <laughs> It's not Giallo. Giallo. I watched Greenland. I like Greenland. Starring Gerard Butler and Morena Baccarin. And King Buck. Um, Five stars because it's got Morena Baccarin in it. And King Buck. Me? The the YouTube guy. He's on the truck. He gets... When the truck crashes, he's the only casualty. You know where, like, Jared Butler's, like, hitching a ride in the back I have no idea who that is. I know the guy in the film. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't care if he's a YouTube He's, like, a YouTube dude. He was, like, a Vine guy. Like, he's in films now. Oh, I hope he really does fall out of a truck one day. Yeah, so... Anyway, so Greenland, um, end of the world, disaster movie. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, Jared Butler's doing another disaster movie. Hmm. Like, because he had uh, the the fantastic Geo... What was it, Geostorm? Which didn't have a fucking Geostorm in it. (laughs) Oh, did you ever watch Geostorm? No, nah, I couldn't be asked. It didn't have I a Geostorm. Trailer, storm I need it. to watch. It did, there was no Geostorm. There was just lots of storms. They spoke about the Geostorm. There were minor storms, but there was never the Geostorm. Oh. They even say, we averted the Geostorm. I was like, no, I want the Geostorm. But in this one, um, 
I'm, I'm like, I liked it a lot because it's a very realistic portrayal of uh, end of the world situation. It's a and realistic it's one of the few of films I can think of that does it. Because, like, friggin' a lot of those disaster movies, there's two approaches when you get end of the world movies. One is the entire disaster is out to get the protagonist, yeah. usually John Cusack. Um, I mean, I've only, he's only in one, but it's just that is just every disaster movie, isn't it? 2012, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, John, it's every disaster movie, every if made. John Cusack has a limo, he's going to survive. Yeah, it's that desperate to him, or it's a full blown comedy. Yeah. Which, you know, they do a comedy movie. It's like, oh, it's the end of the world. Ha 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 ha. There's that one with Steve Carell, wasn't there? With Kira Knightley. Yeah, which ago. is actually really good. Yeah, but it's like, you know, lighthearted. It's stuff. a, no, that, it's depressing as fuck, but it's. Yeah, that film's all about, like, basically, the whole point in that one is it's the world ends, or people get told the world ends, and they just lose their fucking minds. Mm. Like, it isn't a comedy. That's the weird thing. There are funny things but, that happen, but for the most part, it's really fucking dour. The end of the world's hilarious. Everyone knows that. Like, there's a whole group of people that have been working in that fast food place forever, and they mention they're like, "Well, we've been here for years, and we're going to go out here." And they're like, they're just an extreme version of the personalities that they've mm. been like pretending to be happy, but they're all fucked out their minds on coke and <laughs> weed at that point. It'd be free will then. Yeah. Um. No, I, I really like Greenland. I like the approach it took. I like that there's only one sequence where they're actively avoiding a disaster. It's always. Stuff's happening in other places, and it's all about the people. And you know, they get separated up, and the paranoia, and you yeah. know, people going nuts, and some fucking yeah. Obviously, some arsehole with a gun runs in and blow, ends up causing a situation that blows up a plane. Yeah, like stuff that would happen. <laughs> I yeah. think probably it reminded me of Contagion a bit, but Contagion's Contagion's still a little bit more serious. down to earth. Yeah. Um, I mean. But it reminded me of that in that it's one where you feel like the people making it have spent a lot of time researching what sort of stuff they could expect to happen yeah. in such an event. I think, for me, the first five minutes are just, they said it so perfectly. Like, they no one's the wiser. They've heard about the fact that there's a meteor going past, but there's going to be like a little bit splashing down in the scene. No one needs to worry. Mm. So they're all aware of it. And then on the day of them having like a, like a small get-together with their neighbours and stuff, he just gets a text. He'd already had it before. He was in the shop when they'd just go and shopping and he'd got the message and he thought it was just some weird yeah like he and thought then, oh maybe it's a test or something and then on their smart TV thing they get the message yeah that's like your family needs to get to the following coordinates and um yeah like that it's the sequence. fact that all of the rest of the people in the in the house are like oh we maybe we've got to get home and check our TVs and stuff yeah there's a little spark of hope in those people but there is the way it's shot yeah, and the way are. that everyone's the way that everyone's reacting, especially Gerald Butler, you get the idea that maybe even though he's cho- he's chosen, maybe there's no being saved in this. Mm. And like he realises that at the point, because you see that even when they're like going to the point where they're going to be extracted, he's going slowly. He's not panicked. He's quite yeah. calculated in the way that he goes. He's like, yeah, we'll just get in the car and we'll just drive. And the fucking neighbours are heartbreaking. Like, there's that gym. Yeah, they probably all burnt to death. Yeah. Like, it's the way that his neighbours yeah. just like, just like, we didn't get This is a Roland Emmerich movie, a meteor would have landed behind oh, them yeah. as they it's drove that away. It's a little girl as well. Yeah. And the woman, little girl says, like, just give her a chance. Just give her a chance. We can't. They're I'll gonna, die. Yeah. And like, and it's just like, we can't, we can't do anything. Yeah. And then like, you get other families as well that you see that are doing everything they can. You get the guy who goes, whose wife and he, he they kidnap the little boy. Yeah. And in the process of kidnapping the little boy, they steal Milena Baccarat's... Uh, is it Milena? Marina Baccarat. Marina Baccarat. They steal her bracelet thing, yeah. and she staples it onto her arm. She's like, I can I can pretend to be your mum, we can survive. 
and like just the desperate situation. The only one that felt comical was was the one where Gerard Butler is in the back of a truck and he is making his way to the site and for no reason it all kicks off. They all start going a bit nuts and trying to beat him up. Well, no, they start having a fight because they want his thing. They... Is it they, they actually want the thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. You gotta pay attention to these things. <coughs> I haven't watched it for months. I saw it ages ago. Oh, you asshole. I uh, paid to watch it. Did you? You watched it on Prime. Yeah, well, I paid for it with Prime. But, um, no, I, I really liked it. It's nicely shot, nicely put together. Like, you know, um, I do think that if a nine kilometre wide asteroid were to, comet were to hit with Earth, I'm pretty sure being in any bunker wouldn't save you, and you certainly wouldn't come out of there in nine months. Um, you know, because that's, that's setting fire to the entire atmosphere level of mm. Comet. Um, there certainly wouldn't be enough buildings left standing in France where it hits to yeah. see. But um, that's all just for visual things to let you know the world's kind of screwed. Um, but, I, you know, I like the film. It's really, you know, because uh, spoilers for the film, but the world does end. Yeah. Um, I like these disaster movies that actually pay off. They actually give us what we want, which is everyone dying. Um, but I'm not going to tell you whether it's a happy ending or not. Um, just my one of my favourite disaster movies that everyone always hates. What? Fucking Knowing. Knowing is great. I hated The Knowing. Knowing is brilliant. Really didn't like The Knowing. Um, there are a couple that I really like. There's an Australian one that I saw not long ago, um, which is really weird. And it's about two workers in the Sydney Opera House. Who uh, one of them's a cleaner and the other one's like a tech guy, and they're there on um, Christmas Eve to set stuff up for what's going to be like the Boxing Day celebration, and um, and they they're these two girls that sneak in because they're just having a few drinks and they're deciding to fuck about and like sneak into the Sydney Opera House and see all the Christmas decorations for the shit, um, and there is like a news report that that says that like missiles have been launched, basically a ship has has accidentally accidentally hit a plot of land that set off like a collision thing that's meant that all of the nuclear systems in the world think that nuclear missiles are coming off of the ship from the Chinese and they're going to hit America and all these other places because they can't work it out. Um, so they start launching their nukes and inadvertently Australia gets caught up in it and so Sydney's going to get obliterated by nuclear missiles. And the first one goes off outside of Sydney but that doesn't happen until the last 10 minutes of the film. Right up until that point you've got these people listening to the radio. Every so often they tune in and it says like we don't know what's happening. It seems the world is reacting to a nuclear strike coming from, and then like they shut it off and they try and distract themselves mm. because they don't know if Sydney's going to be hit. Like the radio keeps saying, we don't know who's launching nukes. We don't know who they're aiming for. We just know they've been launched, and they keep just going like, no, no, no. We can fucking ignore it. We can ignore it. And it like it's a really it turns out to be like a really sort of semi sweet romance about people that are trapped in this horrific situation. And then the last ten minutes they go, the sky's going red. And they're like, okay, then we've got to like head down. And then as they get out of the Sydney Opera House, because they're obviously in like the like the bigger areas, it, it does show it off really nicely. They use the actual place itself. Um, and as they head outside, they open the doors, and you can hear this faint like sirens and screaming. And as they head further out into like the areas that are getting closer to like, the glass doors and things like that, the screaming gets louder and the sirens get louder. And then it's just pure chaos, and they just join people going down into the subway system screaming and crying and there is fucking just shaking and everything else like that and they're like eventually they just fold into the group and you see them separate out like one girl's like you're into the last minute you need to drop a nuke in the first few minutes no 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 I really liked it, it re- like because there's this weird tension like building throughout right. and even though it's like it plays a bit like a romance there's just this weird tension but yeah that and um, Fred's Fred's was the other one 
You've never watched Fred. No I one's have. actually ever watched Fred's. I have. Yeah, and I had to watch it when I was at school. But yeah, it, and know, at the end, everybody, looks, everybody at the end, everyone looks like mutants. Yeah, yeah. Fred's and the Day After Tomorrow are like two of the other really good ones. Day After Tomorrow. What the Jake Gyllenhaal, Randy, um, Dennis Quaid? No, the nuclear disaster one from the eighties with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg, and who's the? Like, there's an old dude, I can't remember the name of him, but he was a really good actor. Steve Gutenberg's not in anything good. Oh, he's got Fred Gwynn in it as well from the, from, um, Pet Sounds. You're just mumbling now. No, 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 sorry, I was getting distracted trying to think of that film. Yeah, you shouldn't try but and yeah, think of things. That film's fucking great. Fred's is great as well. I like the fact that Fred's, you've got a group of people that are meant to be reacting to the disasters. So they sort of like, they're underground in a bunker and they're trying to direct key services and they don't realise that at some point one of the nukes has gone off in the building next to them and com- completely covered the exit from their building and mm. on the other side something's destroyed the ventilation system so there's all these people smoking in this fucking radioactive coffin they just eventually just lie down you wouldn't be able to stop British people from smoking oh yeah no not in the 80s no that's all they did no it's fucking great they'd tell you to have a cigarette I like the fact that at the end of Fred's everyone does just become a mutant though yeah like, because they've got that woman, she's like, she survives it and her eyes go completely, she gets like massive cataracts and her hair goes completely grey and her skin goes grey and she's just like, come with me, child! And they're just like tilling soil. But yeah, tilling soil that will never grow. Because mm. it's completely destroyed. Friends is a great comedy. Um, mm. Yeah, so is that your review, Greenland? Yeah, the five words I said about it. Would you recommend people watch it? Yeah, sure, why not? What would you say is a better disaster movie than this, other than The Knowing, which is dog shit? The Knowing's great. It's dog shit. I mean, it's great. It's directed by the same guy who directed Gods of Egypt. Yeah, he's a masterful <laughs> director. Alex Proyas. He's only directed two good films. He's directed multiple good films. No, name two good films that he's made. He did The Crow. Yep. And he did the um, one with um, Keith Sutherland and... Rufus Sewell. Dark um, City. What's his face from yeah, Rocky Dark Horror City. Picture Show. Dark City. Yeah, Richard yeah. O'Brien. Those are two City. good films. Yeah. And then Knowing, which is a masterpiece. <laughs> There's a there's the um the bit in knowing where it's like aliens take the kids to a paradise. I'm like, that's the ending of an actual film that got released. I remember, like the world burned to yeah, a crisp, I remember and watching... aliens took a pair of kids to a paradise. <laughs> they were holding hands. Yeah, there's no food. Did you ever watch um the day the Earth stood still remake with yeah, Keanu Reeves? Yeah. It's not very good. It's, no. <laughs> it's John Cleese is in that, and he just must have got paid. A whole ton of money to sit in a nice room, do some exposition. Yeah, he's the guy they go to in the middle of nowhere. He's like sitting in a. He's got a library and he explains all the. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I always get mixed up between John Cleese in American films and um and oh god, who's the Scottish comedian? Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly, because I you I saw I saw um, the Last Samurai when I was when it came out and I was quite young. It was on VHS. And uh, and I kept thinking that Billy Connolly because they're both quite tall guys with like we're just like uh, there was like a point where every British actor was like fifty or sixty years old and they had a slightly portly stomach and they were just in American films and that was one where I kept getting Billy Connolly mixed up with and John Cleese and for some reason in my head I can't separate them out they're quite different people in any films between two thousand and twenty ten I can't separate those two actors out even though Billy Connolly's definitively the better actor. He was in X-Men, X-Files, I want to believe. Yeah, he was the paedophile priest. I saw in the cinema. He was the paedophile priest. All the, I went to the premiere. He diddled kids. Of X-Files. Yeah, that was a bad movie. It's a good movie, I like it. I like That's X-Files. a sequel to the first X-Files movie. Yeah, yeah it's better than the first X-Files movie. The one with the paedophile priest. Yeah. Who's having seizures that tell him where kids are buried. Yeah. 
and he didn't bury them. No. Or did he? Uh, he didn't. <laughs> that was good. It was like an episode of the X Files. Yeah, I know that was the it. problem. I liked it. That's what I want from the X Files. The first one I thought was going to be a bit bigger than it was. All the alien stuff I don't want from the X Files. The alien stuff's the most boring stuff in the X Files. It's the weird shit that I want to watch. Yeah. Anyway, is there one review? I guess. Alright, so I'm going to start by reviewing a comic. 36 issues of a comic called The Woods. You've never read a comic. I read 36 issues of a comic in two days. You skimmed it. I didn't. I read it all. You skimmed it. read it all just like I read Chainsaw Man in the space of four days somehow. Um, you okay. read. So, The Woods. Um, the Woods is a comic a bit like... I spoke to you about this the other day um, outside of the podcast. Called uh, there's, a, there's a manga called The Drifting Classroom. And it's all about just a school disappearing and it travels forward in time, it turns out. And the kids basically have to learn how to survive in this new the weird Japanese world. need to learn that not everything travels through time. We do. So technically, everything does travel through time because we're traveling through time at all times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, time after time. Um, but yeah, so the woods. It's really similar, except it's an American like high school, and basically the entirety of the school, all the faculty, get suddenly zapped onto an alien planet and are forced to survive in a place that is mostly inhospitable it's quite violent and all the animals seem to want to kill or or uh, kill or destroy them um and it's it starts out it starts out being a why are we here what's going on and quickly after the first first six issues it goes okay why is everyone here because what happens is they find out that this planet is like a massive computer and the the like the monsters that are on it are more like cells than they are. They're like they're more like um, cells or semiconductors or designs Ooh. of the supercomputer. And these like these um, these monuments that are scattered everywhere, these glowing green monuments, are like an interface. And the, this alien species created this planet to be kind of like a farm. So all these vicious creatures were actually their food sources. So what they did was instead of creating a farm on a planet where there could be uh, negative effects of this having... There's all just spoilers for the thing. No. Like, instead of having a planet and having a farm on that planet, they have teleportation so they don't need to have all their food on the same planet as they live. They have resources on another planet. That seems unnecessary. So they create this environment. Well, it means that it's not going to be affected negative. Like, your planet that you live on, the place where you live, the, the like our planet right now... We're having negative environmental impacts because of the way that we have to produce food. If we didn't have to produce on the same planet, if we could produce on another planet, we could have a cleaner planet. They're using a teleport to get them from one place to the other. Well, yeah. It uses zero energy. It's immediate transportation. Like that. That's not how teleporters work. You need an incredible amount of energy for a teleport. Maybe your fucking teleport. <laughs> you need a matter transfer. So anyway, no, no, no. so it soon starts becoming evident that um, one, of the, one of the students has touched one of, the, one of these interface bl- blocks... And uh, it's it's instead of it being able to interface with them, the aliens they sort of painted themselves with this acid that created like a almost like a circuit board. So the what you do is you touch the you touch the interface point, and it would read those patterns and understand who you were, and you would just be able to communicate with it. But if you didn't have those patterns etched on your body, it wouldn't recognize you as something it could interface with. It would recognize you as an intelligent form of life. So it would try to adapt your body to be able to interface with that technology. So it starts fucking up Can the people. Can you just give you a password? No. It starts fucking up the people that are that, that touch them. 
But there's only a couple of people that dare to do that, and they sort of get transformed by it. And as I said, the computer tries to shape them into something it can it can use. And all it's doing is it's looking for a new species because these hyper-intelligent aliens that made it died out. So what it's been doing is it's finding planets where there's intelligent life and dragging them to this planet. And it hasn't been been able to find anywhere even close to the level of intelligence as the aliens that made it, so it's chosen Earth. And for the last... 500,000 years it's been tra- like transferring massive groups of people to this planet every 100 years so by the oh. time the kids start exploring the planet they find that there are villages entire armies that are on this thing that are just you know they're just civilizations that have grown out of survival in this planet um and yeah and it's it's utterly fucking fascinating it starts out being a bit like oh this is high school drama shit and you kind of get the feeling it's going to be like okay, they've got 400-odd kids in the school and they've got, like, 70 teachers and you're just going to see them slowly, what like, die off until, you know, something happens to transform back to the planet. And that's not the case. Like, it all just fucking... It just escalates. And it's really... It's really well escalated. Like, it's... Everything that happens, you can see a natural progression. There are time jumps, so you see these kids... I think they're there for a total of two and a half, two years, like, in total... Um, and, and like the microcosms that you meet there that have been there for hundreds of years, like there are people that one of the, one of the things is there's a place called New London and it's like a town that was outside of London that was just basically the whole town was just picked up and dropped in this place. And they have a selection of books they've had for years and like maps and stuff they've made of the area. And they, although they've been there for hundreds of years, there are like inhospitable plains they can't traverse because they just don't have the technology. The closest they've got is they've got like Chocobo style ostrich monsters there. Um, and they use those to transport themselves around, and uh, and there's like a couple of other things that they've sort of adapted to use. But yeah, it, like the whole thing is great. It's really clearly thought out. It's only 36 issues, so it's a nice definitive. Here's your story. Um, I think there's a total of six volumes of the books, like the actual trade paperbacks. And yeah, I really fucking enjoyed it. There are characters that I genuinely liked. Most of them die. <laughs> there Good. Are... I deserved it. <laughs> there are characters that I didn't like. Most of them survived. <laughs> there's one character that I really like. So there's one really interesting character called Calder, who is one of the, like, he's like a secondary character or a tertiary character. Um, and he is, he he has like an arc through the first few volumes and then dies. Um, but through the first few volumes, like... Spoiling it for everyone. Sorry. In the first one, he's picked because he's like, he's just a bit mad. He's He's like willing to throw himself into a situation and he doesn't really think about the consequences to himself, but if it's his friends at stake, at stake or him, he'll sort of throw himself in front of it. He'll take the bullet. Um, and he had, he develops into like this character that you, you grow to really like. And then at the end of the first book, you find out that he had a brother. And the reason that like the school considered him a problem, and the reason why people contest his his like rank in like the new order they've they're making, is because his brother is like an absolute fucking prick. And every time his brother's done something wrong. He's basically taken the fall for his brother because if his brother gets caught for too much shit, he'll get expelled from his private school that his nan sent him to. And the reason he's at a private school is because he was a problem child to begin with. And the kid just doesn't want to live with his fucking older brother because his older brother's a cunt. Why are you getting expelled from a private school when you're on an alien planet? No, no, no. Like, this before the alien planet. Oh, it doesn't so, matter like, he's, yeah, he's complete. But, like, he finds out his brother's on the planet and his brother, like, he is one of those people that just skeevy cunt. So, like, he starts finding plants on the planet. They find something called gazer root, and it's called gazer root because it basically makes you hallucinate. Oh, it doesn't make you gay. No. Uh, there are some gay characters in this, and some trans characters that are handled really well. Because they got the gazer root. No. 
Um, but the geyser root, like you snort, it, you snort it. No, you snort it, and it basically what what you can do is if someone's there to talk you through it, you can. It's almost like taking acid or um, or uh, what's the uh, peyote. If someone's there to tell you stuff or tell you a story, you can sort of you more vividly imagine it and sometimes see it around you. Ooh. Whereas with gaze root, it it does start to fuck up your memory. So although it makes you relive some stuff or it can mean you relive some stuff, you take too much of it and it starts fucking erasing parts of your brain and it just turns you into a gibbering idiot. Mm-hmm. And the guy basically finds this root and he forces his brother to mine it because his brother is in an altercation due to trans characters and other stuff that's going on. And yeah, it's just it like as I said, it all just escalates in a really natural way. Like these interesting things happen. I really fucking enjoyed it. There is a group of of like World War Two Japanese soldiers that are there. They're one of like I think that they're the last ones before the other group got zapped up. And they have like massive, massive like they I think it was like a warship and then they have some of the like docking shit, you know, like from where the warship would have been sitting at like and they've got all that stuff there, and they've got guns and all this other shit, and, like, they've been slowly, like, incorporating other groups they find on the planet, and they basically just wipe out the sick or the the ill, but they also wipe out anyone who can't breed, because they can't continue to feed this army, they can't continue to make more troops. So there's, like, a really interesting conversation where one of the characters who is trans, who's from the New England place that's been there for hundreds of years, um, they rap and at one point it's addressed really like really cleverly because they don't you know obviously they don't directly come out and say I'm trans you learn that through the interactions um, and there's a scene where Calder is is talking to them and they're getting changed in front of Calder because they're just in his mind they're two guys and he sees like the rapping and he goes oh were you injured in the battle and then the character just says oh no and then puts the puts the um, puts their jacket but his name's Sander because it was Cassandra and then it's Cassandra so, Sander is what they changed their name to. And yeah, really interesting character. Like, as I said, it's just clever. And it's nice to not have... Because, I like, Suda... Suda 51? Suda 61? Suda whatever his name is? No, Swery. Was Swery the one who did Deadly Premonition 2? What's he got to do with anything? Well, he has a trans character in that. And the oh. trans character is just like, I'm trans, don't you know? Ah, <laughs> like, and it's really fucked and really horrible. Mm. And it's just like, it's very strange. And in this, the representation, and this book was written in 2016. So this is even like five years ago. So this is something that. A million years ago before trans people existed. Well, no, but I think that time has very quickly. Not in Britain. No, not in Britain. No. Still for the transphobes. Uh, but yeah, really interesting book, The Woods. Highly recommend it. Uh, I give it a Matthew McConaughey. Bye. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I like the characters and, and like, you know, you What's know, the soundtrack like <laughs> it's great. You know, like the sign of a good book is when you're sad when a character dies, even though like it is just a book. And I felt the same thing. I think I was talking about why in the last man before where when why dies. Yeah. No, when a particular character dies in the second to last issue, yeah. I was genuinely fucking crushed. I really it, it affected me very emotionally. <laughs> I don't I don't often get that reaction from books, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that fucked me up. <laughs> Have you read that? No, nope. you've not read it. Oh. Uh, I read like the first issue, maybe. Oh really? That's I, about it. I loved it. I genuinely loved it. It's too many comic books. Right, you're a new ant. Comic comics. There hasn't been a good comic since that time Spider Man got cosmic powers. <laughs> 
And he had the white and black suit with the circles on it. And he in the Infinity could fire comic. laser beams. Yeah, in from Infinity, his hands. like the comic from like four years ago. No, it's like in the eighties, man. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He got picked by an alien um, <laughs> leader. He needed a new guardian, and he picked Spider-Man from Earth, and he gave him cosmic powers. There's a whole thing that they did. It was like exactly what Spider-Man needed was intergalactic cosmic powers. Yeah. <laughs> right, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Right, I'm going to talk about Chojinki Matalda. Okay. Yeah, Chojinki Matalda is the 1987 Metal Hero series, which famously went on to be one-third of the VR Troopers show because VR Troopers was an absolute... You mean the best show ever! VR Troopers was an absolute friggin' mess. And VR was made Troopers out of was amazing. Three separate TV shows. Yes. Because they really wanted to burn through the footage. VR Troopers is only out down by Carmen Rider. Carmen... Carmen what? Carmen Rider is amazing. Master Rider. Carmen Rider. Carmen Rider is a Japanese show. The American show was called Master Rider. Yeah, Master Rider was dog shit. Carmen yeah. Rider is better. There was Carmen Rider Dragon Knight in 2012, which no one watched. That's why no one watched. It never even got a DVD release, I don't think. Did it not? No, no. I'll find it somewhere. Um, then when they when they henshin, they go, Carmen Rider, which is a weird thing to say. Um, but anyway, Chijinki Matalda is really frigging good. Like, I, I, I enjoy the shit out of this. It's basically... Um, it's got a similar setup to Astro Boy. There's a professor, and he makes an android, and he made this android during World War Two after his son died. Um, and the android looks like his son, and but he never actually woke him up. The idea was the android was going to be a super weapon to fight back the enemies and all this sort of stuff and win the war and all this sort of thing. But he never got to use him, so yeah. he's just been in a cave. For and he's 50 played years. by he's played by who's it from the uh, Power Rangers? It's not anyone from Power. Right. Um, and now. It's the 80s, and there's an evil empire called Neros, who they sort of dwell somewhere on Earth, but no one knows where, um, run by this evil guy called Neros. And he's got a, a bunch of armies. There's like a monster army, a robot army, and all this, and assassins and stuff. Um, he's basically got a whole horde of monsters, and you see them all from the first episode, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, you see the entire army of monsters you're going to see for the whole series. Apart from two, there's two random guys who are just guys wearing, like, sarongs and shit or wearing well they got strapped look like little Zardos okay. like stoops, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and they just disappear like seven episodes in they're like they have a comedic release for they their look ghost. like Zardos is in they're dead yeah but they're fat yeah. um, they're two wrestlers yeah um, but yeah they they disappear but everyone else all the other monsters you'll see them and it'll do stuff like where it sets up a monster one episode and then they'll be like the main monster a couple of episodes later and all this and you'll see like an inst- you know what their story is and then their story hits a conclusion later, and it's nicely done, all that. It's a bit different to the usual tokusatsu show where it's like, you know, a monster comes out of nowhere and it's just like, oh, I'm going to turn you into ham. Yeah. And then the heroes have to stop them turning people into ham. You know, that's the sort of thing that happens you usually. You never see anyone eat the ham, though. No. There's that Power Rangers one where they get turned into food. One of them gets turned into um, sushi and a cat almost eats him. And from that point onwards, he's terrified of fish. Um, <laughs> but... um. Yeah, the this show, like, so Matalda doesn't want to fight. That's his thing. He doesn't know why he's been born into the world. The professor wakes him up just as the professor's dying. He's been injured fatally and all this sort of stuff. And he okay. wakes the uh, android and says, you need to stop Neros. It's, you know, they're going to take over the world and all this sort of stuff. Um, and, like, in the first episode, he gets his ass kicked. Like, you, the introduction to the show is he wakes up. He's like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm just some guy. I'm a robot. I'm a robot guy with a trendy jacket. 
because his dad knew what fashions would be in in the eighties when he built him. Oh yeah. Um, and he gets his ass kicked in the first episode, like which is a bit of a strange way to introduce your hero, isn't it? Anyone expect him to be big old hero and do amazing stuff? Um, but for the first like twenty episodes or so, there's like this format where stories will bleed from one to the next, and a lot of the times, whenever he encounters an enemy, it's not just a case of I'm defeating the enemy that's doing this wacky thing this week. It's like the enemy has a backstory and it'll be like some guy who was an athlete and he got injured, but Neros offered the chance for him to be fixed so he could become a good athlete again, but he has to work for Neros and he gradually had himself parts of his body replaced with cybernetic parts and now he's just this killing machine that barely remembers what he was. Yeah, but he's going to be better at sports. Matalda like talks them through stuff rather mm. than trying to kick their ass all the time. Yeah. Or they'll be like, you know, my life has no meaning except to fight, so I must fight you. So please fight me, Matalda. And Matalda's like, okay, I'll meet you at this time. We'll have a fight. We'll do it your way. Um, and they'll have like revelations and stuff or they'll turn sides or they'll, you know, they'll quit their life as an evil monster and all this sort of stuff. For the first 20 odd episodes, that's like this thing that keeps going where Matalda's doing everything he can to avoid fighting. It's mm. his anger that makes him turn into Matalda, sort of incredible Hulkish. Yeah. Um, but he's like trying to avoid the fight, and it's always the effect he has on the villains and stuff. One of them goes into hiding, and then later on, he's like a he's a musician, and later on, he ends up becoming a street musician. Okay. He's like a mon- he's like a robot, so everyone just thinks he's a guy in a costume. So he gets away with just being out in the open. Yeah. And you know, no one can assassinate him if he's out in the middle of the town. You know, a secret organization can't do much assassinating, like in public. They need to do it in shadows, so he's fine. He's just out there, just hidden away playing his music. Um, and one of them, who in VR Troopers, he was the guy who's got the black helmet on with the red arrow. Turns out to be Ryan Steele's dad in VR Troopers. In this, he's called Top Gunder. He's a great name. Um, he's kind of based on Golgo 13 from the um, well, the anime Golgo 13. You know, the assassin guy. He's always you knows wears t- black turtlenecks and stuff. Yes, yeah, like Archer. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, I get yeah, he looks like Archer. I know Archer. <laughs> um, there was a great NES game based on it. On Archer? No, on Golgo 13. Oh. But um, yeah, he like turns his back on the Neos Empire and just basically goes out to find himself and every now and again he'll turn up to help Matalda and it's like, you're my best friend now, Matalda. You've helped me a bunch of times and you truly know what honour is and I will help you in your battle. But he just turns up every now and again. It's nice stuff. But then there's like a point where at the end of one of the episodes they go, okay, from next week we're going to be on at the earlier time of 8.30 in the morning or something. So something's happened. From what I understand, I think Carmen Ryder... Um, a Carmen Rider show was finishing and they were going into their time slot and from then on for the most of the rest of the series it's a monster turns up he's doing some wacky shit and Matalda beats him up and that's it just goes into the regular tokusatsu format almost all the pathos and all the like interesting character work that was going on just completely goes out the window but when you get to the finale it actually makes something of it mm. And there's a whole thing where it's like, Matilda at the start of the series, why was I born? By the end of the series, it's like, through all the wacky adventures I've had, you've taught me how to live life and have fun and all this sort of stuff. And Is he human you know, again by that point? Well, he's not. He's an android. He can't be human. He's an android. Androids but are like, robots. You say that they removed parts That's the of- villains that he made friends with. But um, yeah, they work in all the lighter-hearted episodes into being part of the plot, saying that he got to experience life got to experience having a happy life and all and this sort of stuff. And now he gets to die. He died, yeah. I mean, Matilda dies. It's a 30-year-old show. Like, I mean, like, as in, like, he's like one of those dogs you see in Little House on the Prairie. Like, they're definitely dead now. Yeah. He's died. I mean, all the dogs in these shows are dead by now. Um, <laughs> oh! There's a talking dog called Springer in it. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Is he a Springer Spaniel? No, he's a Rottweiler. Oh. Um, what a shit name. He's a good dog. Good dog. Or is he a greyhound? Might be a greyhound. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a fantastic, interesting, well-done show. The last the last few episodes are great. Apparently, it ran for two episodes longer than it was supposed to, and it does feel like that when you get to the end. Because apparently the show that was coming after it wasn't quite ready yet, so they had to shoehorn two more episodes in mm. because the villain blows up two episodes from the end but then it turns out he used a body double there's like a body <gasps> double a fucking yeah, body double a body double plot twist comes out of nowhere oh. a few episodes earlier and it doesn't serve any purpose to the story other than to serve this plot twist for the last two episodes you always work long mm. always watch out for those body double double down also there's one monster in it called Wogga and I'm <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm pretty sure that's a slur somewhere fucking hell yeah I looked up online, and it doesn't seem to be a slur. No, it's definitely a swear, a swear like a slur. Well, sorry. not wogger. The first part of it is. Yeah. But if you, I searched online for wogger, and all I found was apparently it's a term some people use for excess pubic hair. No, no, that can't be it. <laughs> no, apparently that's what Urban Dictionary told me. Anyway, but oh, there's also another <laughs> another monster has a fantastic name of Big Wayne, which I think is a fantastic name for a monster. Oh yeah, it's yeah, great. Big, Big Wayne's Wayne. Me. There's some great stuff. There's like one monster who's got a girlfriend and they had a baby and the baby grows up really quickly because they're monsters um, and wants to kill Matalda for killing his dad. But then he realises Matalda helped his dad in the last minutes. It's like all this stuff. It's a great series. Um, if you're wondering, Matalda is the one that Ryan Steele is in VR Troopers. You know, the red and blue android. No, I don't know their names in VR Troopers. You know VR Troopers, the red and blue one. The main one, the leader. Sim. Yeah. Sim. Sim. Oh, okay. There's one episode where he cuts his arm off and throws it at a monster. <laughs> it's a strong move. Yeah, the monster's got a bomb on him. And he like, cuts his arm off and throws it and activates the bomb from a distance. He should have had some guns put on him, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have any guns. No. Um, but it's an interesting show. Like, there's, it bucks a lot of trends. Like, there's a second character who comes into it partway through. And you're like... In the back of your head, you know with Tokusatsu, if there's a second character and he's got a strong personality, he's, he's probably going to be another su- superhero in the series. Yeah. But no, he doesn't. He actually turns out to be completely opposite. Every time he tries oh. to get into a fight, he fucks up royally and he's terrible at it. <laughs> he thinks he's going to be a hero. He wants to be a hero, but he's kind of awful at fighting. Um, oh, and a child blows up in one episode, so that's Yay! always good. Um, a little android child. It's great. Um, that's the second Tokusatsu show in a row I've watched where a child blows up. <laughs> Except in Kokatsu Zubat, it, it it wasn't a robot child, and she's and she fully blows up. That was a real child. Jesus. But um, yeah, so they did they did a um... this one's a robot. They rebuild a robot child. Yeah, and they give him to the mu- give her to the musician, so the musician guy can look after him, whatever his name was. Um, but no, I really liked it. It's interesting. It's kind of cool because VR Troopers took a lot of stuff from this. Oh. Um, because it padded out, VR Troopers padded out with footage from... Drama. Some of the other Metal Hero series. Yeah. Going back to like 1984, they went back to... Like the there's drama. a show in the mid-90s where they were using 10-year-old TV. What, were their, what was their forward plan after that? What was their plan moving forward? Were they just going to keep borrowing, using footage from 1981 and 1982 and stuff and like gradually make the show look worse every year? I don't know. But anyway, Matalda. Oh, fantastic! That's it's an all timer. It's, it's one of those Tokusatsu shows that's like top tier, great stuff. Yeah, friggin' legendary stuff. Legendary silliness. Yeah, and at the end of the show, he says, "Someday I'll return." He never did. Never. No, no, of course he didn't. Die. He's one of the only characters who never ever reappears in anything. 
Like Spaceship Gavan appeared, like one of the first Metal Heroes. He appeared in one of the recent Super Sentais and even made his way into Power Rangers in Beast Morphers. Like Metalda, doesn't get that. Metalda. Metalda. In VR Troopers, he just got a different <coughs> show's costume for the next part. and Didn't look anything like the first one. Completely different, but... Anyway, you review something, you penis. Well, I'm going to review now, Ant. Thank you for offering to let me have some of your time to review a thing. I hey, watched Willy's been... Wonderland. That sounds terrible. The new Five Nights at Freddy's film starring Nicolas Cage as a silent It's not the Five Nights at Freddy's film, though, because the Five Nights at Freddy's film is still a thing that's happening. Wait, what? There is actually a Five Nights at Freddy's film. Oh, really? I didn't realise that they were, they were still doing Jesus Christ, what the fuck is in your breath? It's mostly this. And, uh, it smells and, like death. Yeah, I ate a load of mushrooms. I had some smoky tofu. And, uh, and an entire pack of, like... It smells like roast beef frazzles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. razzles as well. I had, like, a lot of razzles. Oh, frazzles. Frazzles, sorry. Razzle magazine. And I had uh, Tesco razzles. Frazzles. Um, yeah, so Willy's Wonderland is uh, yeah, it's basically <laughs> tomato sauce. <laughs> Willy's Wonderland is basically Nicholas Cage is driving along in his kick-ass car when suddenly his tires blow out and something else happens. He's having engine trouble. The local tow truck turns up and and asks him if he's got any money to pay. Nicholas Cage then proceeds to hand him a debit card, and the guy says, "We don't have no." You're just describing what happens in the film. What's the what's the plot? That's that's the plot. That's not the plot. That's the things that happens. Oh, so the plot is that he is tasked for the repair of his car to spend a night cleaning Willy's Wonderland. <clears throat> Little does he know that the animatronics of Willy's Wonderland come to life at night. Yeah? 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 So, uh, yeah. Um, and some teenagers break in because they want to burn the place down. Um, little do they know that the animatronics come to life at night, although they have some sort of idea and decide to have sex in the middle of the place, which is a real bad idea. Um, and then, yeah, a bunch of them die, um, and Nicolas Cage doesn't say one word the whole film. Really weird choice. It's based on a short, apparently. I think this probably worked really well as a short, but it does not work as a full hour and 30 minute long movie. Um, there are some interesting moments, but for the most part, it is. A film that is hampered by the decision to have most of the budget go to hiring Nicolas Cage. A person who is almost 60 years old and doesn't have a background in martial arts, really. Nicolas Cage has a background in martial arts. No, he doesn't. Of course he does. He doesn't know martial arts. Of course he does. He started out as a dramatic comedy actor. Of course he knows martial arts. He doesn't know martial arts. Um, I think that this would have been better served if they made it and they put... Less money into the star and more money into the costumes. Yeah, why is there martial arts in a Five Nights at Freddy's? Because he fights them. But why, why martial arts? Because he fights them. And you want to make it seem like it's a realistic possibility that he could win a fight against one of these things. For the most part, he just snaps brooms in half and then starts beating them with brooms. Which That's they, more like it. That seems to be a weakness to them. Being hit by sticks. Even though they're, once again, animatronic fucking monsters. <laughs> With the animatronic, you just need to um, put a stick in them. Jam some shit in their gears. Stick, yeah. But he just... Stick, like, sticks it's like he's playing a drum at one point. It's just like... Bup, 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 bup. It's not very good. No, Nicolas Cage knows what he's doing when it comes he... to animatronic monsters. No. Nicolas Cage knows what he's doing when it comes to paying back the tax man. <laughs> he got offered money and he took the money and made a movie. And it's not a very good movie. But at least Nicolas Cage gives it 100%. He gives it about 5%. 
No, Bruce Willis gives about five. He gives about no. Bruce Willis gives two percent. In fact, I think there's a new film coming out that is. If the, Bruce Willis is in a scene with some low-fat milk, the milk is giving more percentage than Bruce Willis's. <laughs> I I can't remember the name of it. But I reviewed a Bruce Willis film a couple of weeks ago, and it was the one where aliens infect a spaceship. And Bruce Willis is basically just this old dude who's like, get the fuck out of my seat, and stuff like that, and like fights back against the aliens. Um, there's a new film coming out in which he wears battle armor and fights against aliens. I'm pretty sure he got like, he was just, he was like, yeah, I'll do both of these movies. Oh, the cosmic. Yeah, cosmic thing. sin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he just went, I'm going to be here for a couple of months. Give me 10 mil and it's I'll funny do both movies. Like another film with Scott Adkins, but Scott Adkins. Um, yeah, as not Scott Adkins, the guy who uh, played Crossbow. Yeah, Cross- Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo, I said, yeah, because he said in another interview that he just <laughs> turns like, up and does like, like his body double does half his shots. And- yeah, um, Frank Grillo did. He was the best thing about that horrible Nicola, um, horrible Mel Gibson film I talked about a while ago called Boss Mode. Boss Mode. Yeah, it's the one where he it's basically Groundhog Day, but the whole premise is that his day resets when he dies. But because he's being hunted by assassins. That's the same premise as um, that Netflix one that I liked. Which one? The one with um, the one with the other ML. Oh, Robbie ML. Yeah. Yeah, it's also the same premise as um, Russian Doll. Russian Doll. Yeah, but with this, it's all science based. It just the whole idea is that in in boss mode, his wife has put his DNA and everything else into a machine that resets his day when he dies. And the reason that, like, a bunch of assassins are after him is that... how many it is. No, I know. But the reason that, like... Science-based. The re- well, yeah. You, there are some that are mystical-based, so some of them are magic-based, and then some well, of them are... Right, uh... Some of them are science-machine-y-based, and then others are just, what do you fucking care? Um, but yeah, I liked I liked Boss Mode, even though Mel Gibson is fucking grim what and disgusting. What film are you talking about? Oh, yeah, sorry, I was talking about Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, it's dog oh, shit, God. mate. Dog shit. Not worth it. Don't watch it. Of course it was. It's a meme. Don't fucking... Don't fucking watch it, mate. It's a meme. It's another no, one. Don't like you fucking watch this shit. Snakes on a plane don't and stuff. Don't you it's fucking a... stop watching that shit. Watch something fucking manly it's like Braveheart. It's a meme films. Watch the Patriot. Yeah, we had Banana Splits. It's the same film. Yeah, I reviewed Banana Splits and that was kind of the same problem. It felt like toothless. Mm. And this feels toothless. It feels impactless. There is like a, a thing that's meant to be a joke in it is that he's told to take regular breaks. So he has like a timer on his watch that has the same sound as, you know, when you pass a day on Five Nights on Freddy's? Yeah. So he has a watch that makes that noise every so often. When it makes that noise, he has to go and have a break. So he goes and he cracks open a can of soda and has a drink of some soda whilst he cleans this and plays his pinball machine. And like, and then he comes back and there is an action scene where the alarm goes off and he literally just walks out of the scene to go have a break. And that's like meant to be a funny thing. Nice guy his break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, spoilers, everyone. It turns out that they're all possessed monsters. For some reason, the town don't want to kill them, even though it doesn't seem that hard to kill them. And they're protecting the whole secret thing. Um, they can leave Willy's Wonderland, so you have to ask the question, why did they never just leave and go on a killing spree? Because they seem to like well, killing and eating people. having cleaners being sent in that they can kill. But the door's open. Yeah. And like at various points in the film, they say, oh, this person was going to demolish it. They went to his house and killed Nate. This person was going to do this. I went to his house and killed him. I was like, if they aren't required to stay in this place, if there isn't some necessity for them to stay in this place, it doesn't make sense that they are locked down in this location. So the film doesn't make sense. The premise doesn't make sense. The premise doesn't matter. So why does it happen? Why can't they just leave? You question a film 
That's it's a dog a shit film. Dog shit cash film. In on dog Five shit. Music dog shit film. It's an Adam Sandler. Why did you watch it? Oh, you know. I was sad, depressed. Oh. I need something on. I was hoping Nicolas Cage's kind words would heal me. It's kind of funny because it would work as like a drive angry style movie if he just played that character again. And he could have played that character again. Just the idea that his character escaped from hell and now his daughter is part of this gang of teenagers that have been convinced to go into this, well, his great granddaughter, I should say, have been convinced to go into this, like, into this, like, Five Nights style place on a dare. And he's come back from hell to destroy these, like, hellish zealots that were trying to you pull forth a demon or something. I fucking know. I'm trying to improve this guy's movie for him. I'm trying to make a better movie out of his shit movie. William Finkner could be there. He's pretty good. Who? William Finkner. Fincher. Fitchner. Old slab face. You know the guy with the weird face? He was in He was in The Dark Knight. He plays a... He plays a you and your friends are dead! Uh, yeah, that guy. He hasn't got a slab face. He's got yeah, a normal like a weird, face. He's got a weird, like, eagle face. Yeah, Robert Zadar's got a slab face. Yeah, he's Robert Zadar has a slab face. This guy has eagle no, face. No, Robert Zadar was a slab face. He's dead. No, he's dead now. This guy has, like, an eagle face. Yeah. He's got fine American. I should have said ultraviolet. That's his biggest film. <laughs> is it? He's in there. Your review, Ant. Why did you watch Willy's Wonderland? I don't know. Ant, why do it's I do... a meme. It's just a meme. Why That's do I do any is. of the shit I do? <clears throat> right. Speaking of memes, I watched something Edge Oh, you fucking can't. Um, it's all right, isn't it? It's quite fun. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Can't, it is, you can't hate it. You coward. Um, something Edge is a film where Sonic ends up on Earth. And because Sonic doesn't have much of a discernible character other than being way past cool, um, they do the whole thing where it's like, oh, he's alone and, you know, he's been told that he needs to run because, you know, he didn't run, he ran too much or something and he needs to stay on the run now because he's Sonic. And his plan is to go to a mushroom planet. He had a choice of all sorts of planets, though. He had a map with a bunch of planets. Anyway... He tried a few, didn't he? he? Tried the mushroom planet. He's like, oh, you don't want to go there. And he tried another planet. He's like, you don't want How to go How many there. rings did he have? Too many. Hundreds. Um, but it's a, it's a neat film. It's, you know, he sets off some big old pulse that alerts the government to where he is. Neil McDonough's in one scene. I thought he was going to be in it more. You know, because I like Neil McDonough. He's fun when he's um, Damien Dark. <coughs> um, but Jim Carrey comes in. Jim Carrey's Robotnik. And Jim Carrey does lots of Jim Carrey things. Um... There's no semblance of trying to present the love, beloved characters of the Sonic the Hedgehog world to us to in end. a way we know. Um, because, um, you know, it's just it's just a movie to sell toys. Um, Sonic doesn't even get his red shoes until the final act. <laughs> no, he doesn't, no. <laughs> um, that was his character development. That's actually, that's quite a touching scene in the whole yeah. film. That's probably the most touching scene in the film. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like, look at his feet, and his feet are fucking horrendous. I do think it's funny that they were driving to San Francisco, and then Sonic gets hurt, so they go straight back right away. And like, how far were they to San Francisco? Did they make any progress to San Francisco? I don't know. Feels like they didn't make much progress. Start running, and you just go that way. Just that way, yeah. Just keep heading that way. Yeah. It's like, there was an ocean. It's like, oh, He couldn't run at first, because his legs were all messed up, because of the tranquilizer. But um, no, it's just a sweet, fun little film. It's, you know, it's not going to change your life. They're making a Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which the rumour I heard is that Jason Momoa is going to voice Knuckles. Which I would love. Yeah. I genuinely I hope he love. says, all right, and my man. I feel 
I feel like um, there could be a little bit more setup. They don't really linger in Sonic's planet, which is probably the most interesting location in the film. Did they, he go from Green Hills on his planet to Green Hills, a place yeah. on things? Can he only travel to places that are called Green Hills? No, I think that like... Was <laughs> that a coincidence? Yeah, I think coincidentally he was in the location called Green Hill Zone where he was, and then he wanted to go to a planet and he wanted something that was familiar and he ended up in Green Hills on... But he didn't yeah. choose the thing. He does. There is some semblance of choice. The owl, the owl chose it. Longclaw. I thought that he said he had travelled to other planets at the beginning. No, no, he's, he's just... Oh, because he's, he's a baby, got a isn't he? Yeah, he's only he's a little tiny, baby. yeah. Yeah. They could have done with a little bit more of that self. She could have given him some trousers before he set off. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, no, it's, it's a fun film. It's not going to make you change anything. You can no. show it. It's perfect for kids, though. Kids will love it. Lots of fun. James Marsden gets to be yeah. cucked again by another... Computer-generated character. Yeah, computer-generated yeah. character. Yeah, they should do a crossover of Hop. Hop versus oh, Sonic. Oh, Superman Returns. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um... Do you remember any... He was like, I don't want to be any part of X-Men 3. I don't so want to be him cucked, off 20 I don't minutes want to be cucked by Wolverine. I want to be made cuck off by Superman. Mm. You want to hang out with Brandon Ralph instead, which is a much better choice, to be honest, than being on the set of... <laughs> is this my child, Natalie Portman? To work for. Yes, of course this is your child. Why is he lifting me above the ground? Mm. But um, no, decent film. I mean, there was all that thing. Remember when they did the first trailer and everyone was terrified of Sonic? Yeah, he looked fucking grotesque. Yeah, I mean, loads of people think there's loads of people who think that was like you know, oh, they did that for marketing reasons. No, no, you didn't. That was that was their plan. Yeah, there, there's toys that were made like that went on sale that had that Sonic. It's so <laughs> grim, isn't it? Like you don't make those toys like you. Those toys get planned months and months in advance, mm. but they went for a more accurate Sonic look and it just works him so much better just shrunk him down got rid yeah. of the penis that was a good choice got rid yeah. of the belly button <clears throat> got rid of the mountain of teeth yeah and the human hands he had the, the furry human hands, hands. Oh. Just so glad they gave him gloves the little thighs and everything he had little <laughs> yeah. little, little muscular thighs oh. Oh. it's horrible <laughs> it's so grim um I, I would like, yeah, I would say that James Marsden, as much as as much as I take the piss out of him, he is a solid Marsden. Marsden, he is a solidly reliable actor. Yeah, he's fine. He's always just like the right lo- level of charm and the right level of interesting. He was in all of that, the Stand that they released. Yeah, um, they haven't finished. Wasn't that he yet. in the remake of um, what's the Al Pacino film? Straw Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, that's Dustin Hoffman, isn't it? Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah, he was made cuck off by Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, poor guy. Oh, God. Uh, see, look, what I, I don't need... I don't need rape-revenge films in the 2000s. <laughs> that's the first thing. But I also don't need rape-revenge films mm-hmm. where you make it ambiguous as to whether or not it was rape. I don't need that level of commentary. Well, that way it's not a rape-revenge film, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's really weird that that film... Yeah, why well, was Sonic the Edge a rape-revenge film? That was really weird. <laughs> It's um, really weird that Straw Dogs Straw Dogs came out after Dog Soldiers, which was already a play on Straw Dogs, to the point where they even... Dog Soldiers about werewolves. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's, the whole thing is it's like a siege on a property. Like, <laughs> it's like, it is a siege movie, a bit like yeah. it's on Precinct 13. But the the difference is that Dog Soldiers is a direct, like, that's kind of Dog Soldiers versus Dog Straw Soldiers Dogs. Well, no, they, like they literally dogs. they literally use some of the defense methods from straw dogs on purpose. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah, but I don't think they're thinking. 
No, no, like it is a. It's dr- a werewolf. Movie. No, but it's a reference to that film. Dustin Hoffman's not a werewolf. Yeah, he's a monster. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Didn't you hear? He's he? molested people. Has he? That's of course he has. That's why he's not in he films. He hasn't these days. That's why he's not in films and TV right now. Well, it's because he's 900 years old. Well, yeah, that and he molested some people. The last thing he did was The Cobbler with Adam Sandler. <laughs> was that him? Yeah. It was an Al Pacino. No. Now Al Pacino was in J- Jack, Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Yeah. Because yeah. he's got the Dunkachino. God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, and Ben Swartz. What's the deal with Sonic Speed in this film? It he moves fast. But then sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's like Quicksilver in X-Men and then sometimes it's Quicksilver in Avengers. Mm. And there's like but it indicates that he gets so emotional and goes so fast it causes that whole lightning and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would indicate some sort of extra speed or something, but well, yeah. but he doesn't seem to activate that when he's beating up everyone in a pub. No, because he's, he's having fun. He's having fun. He's having a jolly really good yeah, time. Yeah, it's all it's it's not serious. Like there's yeah. no stakes to that situation. Oh, no, they should have had some. There was, was there were stakes in there. Sort place to serve stakes. Who was it that was originally going to play the the human character? They had like they released the concept art and stuff for it recently. The Rock. No, there was someone else that was going to play his, and it's someone like the, the um, what's his face, the guy who plays um, Eobard Fawn in in Flash. Um, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? He was in the Ogie Bear film. He's the guy you get when you can't get James Marsden. Who? You know, he's in the Yogi Bear film. What's his friggin' name? He's in every series of The Flash. T.J. Miller? No, no, he's a horrible person. <laughs> no, he plays he plays the Flash, and whenever they he plays the evil Flash, and he was the he's always back. Wells, him, different character every oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you get him when you can't get James Marsden. Yeah, you probably do actually. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. Actually, he's been. I, I used to hate him whenever he turned up and stuff. I think it was like, but I, he is fantastic in the Flash. I don't know if you've well, seen him in Ed. But he's really good in Ed. Yeah. Yeah, he plays a lawyer who I works... I can't remember his name. Jim Rosenfeld. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is his name? Because he's in Scrubs as well. He's really good in Scrubs. No, he's irritating in Scrubs. Got my Well, nerves. he's meant to be irritating, but like that's the whole point. Like, he's the brother. He's yeah, good. but how can he be more irritating than friggin' John yeah, Dorian, you know? <coughs> he stopped coughing everywhere. No. But anyway, it's not the edge of Put it in front of your kids' eyes. Um, it's better than the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. It's less horrifying. Ben Schwartz is great. He really gets, like... He's got, like, the right level of energy and excitement in his voice. He's they just really him, They just gave him loads of speed before... Well, no, he's John Ralphio, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Money, please. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money, please. I got my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by a Lexus! <laughs> It's going to be his biggest role in movies. What? Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Is Sonic the Hedgehog going to win an Oscar this year? <laughs> Best visual effects goes to Suicide Squad again for some reason. What I films? Forgot, forgot there's a Suicide Squad coming Sonic the Hedgehog's going to win an Oscar. Yeah. The music is by Tom Hogan. I was watching the film going, well, the music score's actually pretty good. It's Tom Hogan, but for, for yeah. what his name is. You know, fucking, uh, I can never remember, Junkie XL. Like, I'm watching the film going, this is the guy who did the Mad Max soundtrack. The sound design, the actual sound design as well, if you've got your surround sound on, or even if you've got stereo speakers, the mix is actually really good as well. The um, the little references as well that they chuck in. This like, point. when he falls off the building, when they do the building bit, and he drops, and he messes up, and he splats on the floor, and all the rings fall around him. Mm. Like, just little tiny touches like that. Um, I liked, I liked uh, Jim Carrey's transformation at the end. Fuck it, make him full robot, Nick. Give yeah. him the hair, give him the big stash. We should have um, just had a cartoony bomb explode in his face yeah. and then have the robotic stash. I like I like the fact they give him the costume as well by having his his um, flight suit all fucked up yeah. and his cut off of the feet and stuff. And he's got his he has a rock. He's on the mushroom world 
and he's mm. got the only rock that he could find on Mushroom World, and it's his partner, and he's like, he's like, go ahead, it looks dangerous, and throws the rock over the edge. But he's a, he's really good, in it. like he seems to really fun. enjoy it as well. Yeah, yeah. Bench, I like. I don't see Jim Carrey and stuff too often. Yeah, because he's a weird anti-vaxxer now. Is he? Yeah, he was in a really good. Well, I'd say really good. I haven't watched it. There was a series that he was in where he played like a children's TV presenter. Um, it was a bit like a darker version of um, Would You Be My Neighbor? You know, that documentary yeah. about Mr. Rogers. Uh, but it was all about how he was like really positive and really happy on TV. But then his daughter and his family were all falling apart in the background. Um, and that's meant to be amazing. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard really, really good things. And obviously he's going to be in the sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2. Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic 3. Um, Not some Chaos Emeralds in the next one. I hope Shadow's in it. I want to see Shadow because Shadow's edgy and cool. I hope he turns up and he just shoots people. He didn't. Yeah, no, there were no Chaos Emeralds in this one. That'd be good if the next one is Chaos Emeralds. I hope Sonic kisses a human. Because if. <laughs> and I hope he gets his teeth back and his weird, weird muscular thighs. Um, I, hope uh, that, I hope they do make another one and, like, they go for the Chaos Emeralds stuff because. The natural progression. Yeah, it's coming out May next year. Yeah, you'd see Supersonic when all the other films are going to come out yeah. at the same time. It'd be cool to see see him become Supersonic mm. and Super just have Ben Schwartz and just have Ben Schwartz be like, "Guys, this feels really weird," and I'm flying. Whoa. Zany, wacky things going yeah. on. Um, yeah, huh. that's huh. right. Huh. Fun film. Huh. I enjoyed it. Yeah, could be worse. Oh, it could be so much fucking worse. <laughs> yeah. It could be Hop. <laughs> The other James Marsden. <laughs> Hop's great. Everyone Hop is, loves Hop. Hop is so dog shit. It's unbelievable. Hop is somehow a kid. Tom. No. Is it Tom something? Tom. The guy who plays Wells. Russell Brand. In, in Flash. Tom Welling. Not Tom Welling. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. Google Whatever. It. You Google it. I'll do thing. my next review. So I've played Guru Mark of the Wolves. No, it's not called Guru Mark of the Wolves. It's called Werewolf. Something Earthblood. Why would you even... That's not even a good joke. Werewolf Apocalypse, something Garry Earthblood. Mark of the Wolves is nothing like that. It's a 2D <laughs> beat-em-up from the 90s. I played like... Garry Mark of the Wolves. <laughs> no, I played Werewolves Apocalypse Earthblood. I'm pretty sure it's called that. I don't know. What's it called? Werewolf Apocalypse Earthblood. This is another one I'm going to have to search for again. Yeah, it is. Well, no, it's a big release on the Xbox Series X. Series Tom Kavanagh. There you go. See, I knew it was a Tom. Oh, wait, like, Kavanagh is in the rapist guy. QC. Kavanaugh QC. Yeah. No, wait, Kavanaugh the rapist guy in American politics. He slept with that girl who was passed out. Never mind. American politics, eh? Full of rapists. Um, UK politics are much better. Look at Boris Johnson. Um, okay, so, yeah. So, um, I played uh, Werewolf... Werewolf Apocalypse Earthblood, it is a game about a werewolf who is trying to take down a energy company that started utilising something called Earthblood, which is actually the blood of Gaia, to power machines and create what they call a green revolution, but in reality they are allowing the sinister forces of the worm or worm to enter our universe and also utilising the strengths of the worm to develop evil soldiers. It's dog shit, mate. What the fuck are you talking about? That's the game. Um, so it plays a bit like a stealth game, but then every so often, oh, I say it plays like a stealth game. You can play it like a stealth game and try and take everyone out in like a small arena and then move on to the next space, or try and completely avoid combat by going from area to area in your various forms because you have free forms, or you can just become a big fuck off werewolf and kill the shit out of everyone. And uh, and you can guess which one I did. 
Stealth, no. I became a big fuck-off werewolf in every chance I could and then just destroyed everyone. It gets really repetitive, but the best thing I can say about this is that when you are in your full-on like half-man, half-wolf werewolf phase, it feels a lot like playing that Wolverine's Origin or X-Men Origin Wolverine video game. You remember the surprisingly good tie-in to that dog shit movie? It feels like you're playing that, basically. No, it doesn't, because that game's good. Well, yeah, but it, it feels like you're playing that, but a watered-down version. No, I haven't played this world. I don't yeah. know this world game. Like, it even has that move where you hold down one of the triggers and press a button to launch yourself across the arena to take someone out. Has that exact same move in this. Um, it, it was it was kind of interesting to begin with, but the voice acting's terrible, the sound's terrible. In general, most fights end up just being a chaotic mess. Um... So it's not like the Wolverine game, which was good. No, 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 no. Because like the controls and stuff, there are a lot of like familiarities between the two. Just the problem is that you don't have the you don't have the interesting plot. You don't have the interesting characters. Everything's kind of bland and like just like there's nothing to latch onto. The environments all look the same. You're just in like a lab complex or you're in another lab complex. There's no like variation between them. And although the combat can be fun when it's done right, for the most part, you're just sort of, you just get like loads of waves of enemies thrown at you and you just have to claw your way through. It's not very interesting at that point. And for the most part, you end up just doing that thing where you're picking off the lesser enemies to build up a meter so you can sort of hulk out and become this even more powerful form and then just take out the bigger enemies. That's basically rinse and repeat for the entire game. And the problem is, again, it's repetition. If they developed some more interesting areas, if they developed some some different enemies or a story that you could really get interested in, I think that this could be a really, really fun, solid game. But as it stands, it's just kind of like a... It's just kind of like a lesser version of this, sort of this resurgence of tabletop-style games. Because it's a tabletop-style game. It's based though. on a tabletop, yeah. So, so it's, it's not like the Wolverine game. It's an action... All right, will you shut the what, fuck up? What type of game is this? So it's a third-person action beat-em-up game with stealth elements. Now, Wolverine didn't have stealth elements. It was just or a was it based on a tabletop game? No, it was based on a fucking comic. So it was based on something. So the similarity still stands, you son of a bitch. Um, yeah, it's just... It's not very interesting. There's nothing based to latch on onto. There's no, like, there's no meat to it to grab onto. There's just this this... Soup. It's Actually, X-Men Origins of Wolverine, <coughs> the game wasn't meant to be based on the film. No, it was meant to be based on the script. It was script. meant to be an original game. No, it was meant to be based on the script. No, 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 they were making a Wolverine game. Oh, really? Yeah, they were making their own Wolverine game, and then the film was coming along, and they were like, Fox, like, we want a game time, so can you just put Hugh Jackman in this and add a few levels? Oh, is that why the worst level is That's that? why there's like the Sentinels and stuff, because that was going to be the game. The game uh. was going to be the Sentinels, and... All this sort of thing. And then they just shoehorned in all these flashbacks to the movie. Is that why the worst two levels are the level against Sabretooth and the level against two... Uh, you fight him on a train or something. No, or you fight him in a bar car park. Yeah. Like every other fight is like this big thing and you fight that guy in the bar car park. And then the other fight is that really bad... You fight the blob. Taylor Kitsch fight. No, the blob one's not too bad. The blob one, you just have to hit him and then sort of move. It still makes sense within that world because it still, sort of follows the same design. Blobby blob 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 blob. Um, it's famous quotes from the film. Yeah, he goes blobby blob 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 blob. Don't you call me blob? And it's like, no, I called you Bob. You call me blob. My name not blob. My name's Steve. <laughs> Steve Blob. Mister Blob's my dad. <laughs> my feelings. Um. Yeah. 
Garou Mark of the Wolves. I don't recommend it's it. It's not Garou Mark of the Wolves. <laughs> Wealth Apocalypse. Earth it's not Blood. even a funny joke. I don't recommend it. It, I paid I paid seven pound and that was too much. This cost forty five quid new for most people. That's bad. That's fucking atrocious. This is not a forty five pound game. It's not even like a forty five. Don't get to decide that. Developers get to decide. It's not that. a good concept. You know, it's in the same world as Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, like Werewolf Apocalypse was one one tabletop game and then Vampire Masquerade so you need to play this before you play the new Vampire game no (laughs) no play Vampire the Masquerade 1 play Vampire Masquerade 1 I'm sure that can run on mobile phones at this point the other one the really good one Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines yeah something like that yeah everyone liked that one yeah I've got that one multiple multiple versions of it you've got multiple versions but yeah like you can literally you can run Half-Life 2 on mobile phones you can run Vampire the Masquerade on phones and it'd be fine Uh, but yeah Wealth Guru Mark of the Blood, blood Earth Blood. Get the name right, because I have to look up this shit. <laughs> Werewolf Apocalypse Earth Blood is crap. I give it a David Spade. There are some redeeming elements, and I think the combat is fun the first couple of times you do it, but it gets so boring and so repetitive. The environments are so repetitive, and the story's so shit. And I just wanted to be a fucking interesting werewolf dude. And they kind of give you that. You are a bald, bearded, fucking biker dude who is a werewolf. Well, that sounds cool. It's like 90s cool. Your review, Ant. What's wrong with 90s cool? It's your last one. It's your last one. It's your last one. Get it done. Um, Super Mario 3D World on Nintendo Switch plus Bowser's Fury. That's the game. Is that what the full title is? Super Mario 3D World. Have you really played Bowser's enough Fury. of that to review it? I've actually clocked up quite a few hours into it now. Really? Yeah. How many? Like about about five hours on it. That's not quite a few in a Mario. I've game. played through half of Mario 3D World. All right. But um, no, I mean Mario 3D World. I mean, don't have to play much of that. It's freaking on the Wii U game, isn't it? It's the same game. The only real difference is it's got like 60 frames per second now, rather than the 30 it was in the last one. And Mario runs faster. Um, I'm kind of wondering if the time limits have been brought down slightly as well what to match the speed that you run yeah because you run faster now you don't have the because you have the, you always have the run button mm. you know for the you press b hold yeah you hold y b's jump you dumbass you hold y down um like i, I said. don't like that you can't switch the run and jump buttons i like run to be on b and jump to be on a but you can't switch it you gotta have y and b or y x and a but anyway um but it's just super mario 3d world it's the same game um They've shoehorned in, like... Because you remember in the original, you had the touchpad on the Wii U yeah, for certain yeah. things. You could touch it to make the sliders come out. And on this, you have to press the shoulder button, or the R button, like you did on Mario Galaxy, and point at the screen using the motion okay. to control it. And it's really awkward. It doesn't work too well. And there's no option to not use that. Like, your only other option is to take the Switch out of the dock and use the touchscreen for that part of the game. I've seen someone on U- on Twitter who's... um got motor disabilities and they can't do that part on their own oh. and they're doing the video and they're like they, they literally you see the video and you can see the pointers they're struggling to hit mm. the markers and stuff and I was struggling on my own because the thing you know Mario Galaxy you can just press R at any time and it'll recenter it yeah. so if your controller's moved you can recenter it it doesn't do that on this it's like it it'll go around for a while and then it'll disappear you have to wait a while for it to disappear before you can recenter it again and but like you've got a time limit on this. It's not like Mario Galaxy where you can take your time through the levels. Mm. Um, there's no reason for it, especially because ninety like all the time when you get to those parts where you pull the platforms out, they could easily just be on a time cycle. Yeah, that's all they need to do. Like, 
So you have it like a cycle that starts up when you jump on the first one. So then you can, you know, well, that's move traditionally out. how it was done before shoehorned in touch control. Yeah, because they've removed the mic stuff. There's because there was bits where you had to blow on platforms oh, to yeah, make I a move. That, yeah. On the original, they've moved. They've removed that on this version. Isn't it the isn't, you have to blow on the turbines and it moves the platforms? Yeah, but it's all gone now. It's yeah. just they're on time platforms now. Nice. Um, but Nintendo are constantly just doing terrible job of accessibility on their games, and it's weird because they were the first ones to start doing stuff like, you know. If you fail a bunch of times, you get an invincibility or something. They were the first ones to start doing some sort of accessibility, and now they've just been outclassed by Microsoft and Sony at every level. And even indie game developers managed mm-hmm. to fit in. Like freaking, you get little indie game devs like um, Size Five Games. You can put in like dyslexic fonts and different controls and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And Nintendo can't bother to just tweak a motion control because motion controls aren't universal. It's really weird as well because in games like um, you know Yoshi Crafted World. If you if you want to play it two player, you can play it two player so that one person controls Yoshi and the other one controls firing the eggs. So if you've got a kid and the kid wants to control Yoshi, you can do the egg stuff. Yeah, which is great. That's an accessibility option for like young kids who want to play that game. Mm. Um, but yeah, like Sony, not even Sony specifically. Like well, Sony, companies. Sony are probably the leaders when it comes to yeah. accessibility. I mean, look at the Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, mm. a lot of stuff. But anyway, it's Super Mario 3D World. It's the same thing it was before. It's good stuff. It's got those Captain Toad levels to play. I like I like those Captain Toad Have bits. you tried the Bowser mode yet? Yeah, Bowser's Fury. I played that for a couple of hours now. Um, yeah. It's I don't think it's particularly long, but I played for like two hours and unlocked the whole map, but I think there's still little segments on the map that are going to open up at some point or okay. new levels that are going to appear. Did you do the final boss thing that they... No, no, that's, that you fight him, giant Bowser, every every few minutes. Oh. Um, the way the game's structured is you have, like, you're in a lake area, and there's each level is like an island, mm. and you can just run from one to the other, or swim through the water and go to another level or whatever. Yeah. Um, and every few stages, Bowser turns up, and there's, like, a giant cat bell. Bowser's, like, giant, covered in paint, and you're helping Bowser Jr. to sort of wake him up and stop him rampaging. Mm. Um, but he'll rampage. When he rampages, there's, like, a giant cat bell, and if you've got enough stars, you'll be able to collect it, turn into a giant cat Mario and smack Bowser about a bunch. Okay. Um, it's pretty fun boss battles. They're pretty straightforward. Like the first one, you just have to wait for him to jump in the air and then move out of the way. And when he lands, jump on his gut. Mm. But um, I found out you can just whack him with cat Mario's claws. <laughs> it does a job. And I beat him on one level just by swiping at him. Um, but there's also ones where like he makes pillars drop out of the sky. And if you pick him up, you just chuck him at him. Right. Knock him flying. I killed him in like 20 seconds doing that. <laughs> um but it's kind of cool. It's a bit Katamari Damacy-esque where suddenly you're running around like a version of the <coughs> level where the levels are there still. They're tiny. Yeah. And you're running around stomping on everything. That's awesome. Um, but there's, it's not a smooth transition though. It does load in between. You have yeah. to wait a while. It's only about 10 seconds but it would have been nice if it was a smooth like Is there a massive update to this when you put it in the Switch? No, it took like two seconds. There was oh, okay. a patch for something but yeah. I don't know what. Um but yeah, good. it's a shame about the accessibility controls, though, because considering... Like, that only comes in on 3D World. Like, I don't yeah. think there's anything on Bowser's Fury for well, motion yeah, controls. It's a modern game, isn't it? It's made it? for Switch, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's not made for another system. It makes me wonder what they'll do if they do Skyward Sword, though, on Switch. Oh, God, yeah. Because I would rip the entire motion controls out of that entirely, completely rework it. Yeah, because they were pointless, weren't they? No. They, I mean, they they had all sorts in there, but it, I'd just move around. You can just use an analog stick for guiding stuff around instead of using the tilt. Well, that was the other thing, though. Like, Give Link a horizontal slash and a vertical slash button for the different enemies. Or just fucking hold down a button and it's mapped to the right stick. There's still too much. You just want one button. Well, you want you button still do the cut and stuff. They had some cool cut and stuff in that. Yeah, you, just, you need horizontal and vertical. That's all you need in that game. 
That's all you ever needed. There was nothing more complex than that. They basically just took a function that would be two separate buttons on any other game and turned it into a motion control. I know. But Bowser's Fury has none of that. But I do like the idea of it. The whole open world thing. Yeah. Like the levels being their own little separate things. And they've got multiple shine. You could collect cat shines in this. Yeah. Um, the levels change as well. So when you go back to them a second time, you might have different enemies in them and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, there's a bunch of little cats that will follow you around. But when it starts raining, when Bowser turns up, they go evil. <laughs> Um, they've clearly thought about it haven't they it's, it's yeah. Nintendo taking a swing at something new it does feel like a prototype for what a future game would be it's like because yeah. it's kind of like um, you know Mario Odyssey you'd run around the map and you'd go into a certain area and collect stars and stuff all over the place Yeah, it's kind of a bit like that but it's on a bigger scale because mm. um, that's yeah because that's what Mario Galaxy was sort of moving towards was like these big open levels where you had multiple stars to get in one go which I quite like that sort of thing it's, well yeah you could have it so you had uh, Galaxy was the last one. So if you have Super Mario, well, Odyssey 3D, was the last one. Well, no, if you have Super Mario 3D Universe, and it is just like the idea is that you've got these massive planets that are covered in cat shines, and then you've got like or shines, and then you've got one big central boss, and you have to like basically do the levels to that's unlock what bits. Fury is, yeah, so. basically that's what I'm saying. Like a whole game that consists of multiple versions mm. of that would be cool. Yeah, it's fun though. I'm, I like it. It's it's a good good take. It does feel like a bit of a sort of test shot thing yeah. or something else but oh it does have motion controls in there you need motion controls to make um, little Bowser um, uncover hints sometimes you'll see a painted question mark on a wall mm. and you have to point at them to make him oh. do them although there is an option to make him help you out more there's an option if you you can set an option for whether he'll help you a little bit or a lot and I'm wondering if, if you put it on a lot maybe he'll automatically hit him maybe. I don't think he will though so. No. But if you put him on a little, he'll run up and he'll smack enemies or he'll highlight where a hidden block is or something like that. Okay. Every now and again. And in two players, someone else can play as little Bowser. Oh, that's cool. There's Bowser Jr. floating around the place. Um, when you're giant, he's still floating around. There's like a tiny, you can see a tiny little, like 10 pixel high baby Bowser flying around Just you. Just floating around after you. Yeah. But um, no, it's a fun, fun old game. I'm liking it. I like the music on it. I like the action, the gameplay. Mario 3D World is still Mario 3D World. Faster now, that's the only real difference, but yeah, you know, good stuff. I don't know if there'll be any surprises I'll find later on. I don't, I doubt it. I doubt they've changed anything towards the end of the game or anything like that. Do you think they have like extra bits? Or? I don't think so. No, because no, New Super Mario Brothers, when they brought the Wii U game to Switch, didn't they? They added extra character, didn't they? And there was that Luigi. Actually, no, that was on the original Wii yeah, U. They one, just combined it? all the stuff, yeah. So I don't know if they do anything extra. Was it Grab It? The weird rabbit thing, yeah. They added that, but it's like basically like cheat mode because you can't die or something like that. Really? Mm. Yeah, you can't die, but you also can't complete levels normally. So like, you need to play as one of the other characters. Yeah. Like the bit. Feedy World is one of those ones where you're going to have to keep returning to it low because I, f- I remember rightly on that game when you finish the game, there is something that happens when you collect all the stars, and it basically makes you play for the game again. If I remember rightly, all oh, right. Because um, the levels courses have the three stars to get in every level, the stamp, and you have to hit the gold. The top of the flagpole, yeah, on each level, which you can do with the Cat Mario easy because you can just climb up it. But um, yeah, Cat Mario's overpowered on these games, <laughs> so overpowered. I need to. I see. This is the problem when it was on Wii U because Wii U was one of those games that had a lot of first-party games. By the time it had finished, I sort of indulged and dipped in on all the third, first-party games because that was where I originally played uh, Breath of the Wild. Was on the yeah, Wii I've got U. the Wii U version. Yeah. I don't have it on Switch, <coughs> but um. You're coughing everywhere. Sorry, sorry. Sort your mouth. Uh, but yeah, with, with regards to Super Mario 3D, 
3D World, I uh, or Land or whatever. I 3D really... World, Land's 3D the 3DS World, one. Geez, you don't um, even know what game I played it for a bit. Didn't really get into it at the time. Played Odyssey and then wanted to go back to 3D Land uh, or World, sorry, but then waited for it to come out on Switch and then bought the Switch and let you play it first because I've got other stuff I need to play. Yeah. Well, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, fingers crossed. In two minutes. <laughs> Um, is that my review then? Yeah, that was your review. No, it's okay. time for my review. End of the podcast. It's gonna be. It's gonna be quick. Is it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna review then? What I'm gonna review the entirety of, of IOI's Hitman trilogy. Bum bum. bum Just bum, review the new bum, one. Bum. So I play Hitman Free yeah, all the way through. That. I've played all the Hitman games. Don't care about that. Just really um, in terms of levels and quality, I would think they go one, two, three. Uh, in which order? Ascending, descending. No, that's the order. Well, one, two, three. In terms other. of quality, but is one worst or one the best? Why would one be the worst? You don't come in in first place and it means you're third. So you're saying third's the worst one? Yeah, but it's still a very good game. I'm um, going to tell IO Interactive that you think the new game's <laughs> I-O-I. bad. IOI, No, it's IO Interactive. IOI. Uh, so yeah, Hitman. You play a Hitman. You think it's IOI Interactive? You play Hitman. You kill people. This used to be this used to belong to IDOS. Did Remember it? That? Yeah, Tomb Raider. Well, yeah, sort Um So yeah, so Hitman, you play Hitman, you go around the world, and you've basically got these big, big levels that are open worlds, or like, or, or big levels that are like an open world area where you essentially can go around and come up with inventive ways to kill people. Um, although nine times out of ten, my inventive ways were find a hammer. And find someone to throw at, and then repeatedly throw that hammer at a person. Because once you hit them once with a hammer, you can't kill them if you keep throwing the hammer at them. Why not? I don't know, but I tried. I hit someone with a hammer about 47 times, and uh, it didn't kill them. Uh, pretty great, though. Pretty fun. Um, yeah, so you're Hitman, and you go no, around... I reckon I could kill someone with a hammer. Oh, yeah, no, I could definitely clobber someone to death with a hammer. But when you do it in this game, you do like a throw... And you get them in the head, it conks them, and they, they go out. Yeah. But then if they're on the floor, you can continue to target their head and throw it at them repeatedly. And it makes a great sound, but it doesn't kill them, no matter how many times you try. Um, so yeah, you play Hitman, you go around on a few different levels, and you have to kill people, and you have targets, and you have to assassinate them, and like discover the discover the secret as to what's really going on. Um, and you, like there are two standout levels in this one. Um, there is a murder mystery that's a bit like Knives Out. Where you get invited to a get invited to a rich person's house and you have to solve the mystery of who murdered. Who invites Agent Forty Seven? They don't invite invite him. He is told that there is someone being hired. It's a private detective is being hired, and so you sneak onto the grounds. And then as he's going up, you flip a coin into the bushes, and he's like, "Oh, money!" He starts walking towards it, and then you just jump up and go. (laughs) And then you steal his clothes, go in. You're like, "Hello, I'm going to solve the murder," and then you solve the murder. Or you don't, like I didn't, you just kill everyone. Um, Hitman is a game of patience, and I don't have Tim much of it. Tim Fiolafant would never. Yeah, he would. Uh, it is It is a game of patience, and it is sometimes... This out of all of them feels like the game that kind of restricts what you can do the most, which is weird. I thought that there would be more imaginative stuff you could do in this one, but they sort of they rein you in a little bit more. Maybe you're not just not imaginative enough. Well, no, like, with regards to with regards to Hitman 1, the last level, you sort of... The last level in the first Hitman game of the new trilogy is you are in, like, a rehab clinic for celebrities, and they're also secretly, 
like doing some organ trafficking, and there is a particularly high. Of course, they are. There's a particular. Well, it's, it's what not, happens. In- it's not just a rehab clinic. It's also a place it's where, where Lindsay you- Lohan's organs. <laughs> it's a place where you can do elective surgeries and stuff. But they're also secretly replacing the heart of like this Chinese businessman who is like, who's very fishy, uh, and uh, and you're sent there to go and kill him. And the last you can do so much shit to kill that guy. There is like there's an awesome one you can do that takes the longest time where you dress as one of the medical technicians, you get everybody out of the room, but then you fuck with the machine. So you wait there. You literally wait there just in the there's like what viewing windows up in the top of the of the room where they do the surgery. You can just wait there, sit up there, and you can sit there for about twenty minutes, and they finally wheel the old bastard in completely sedate, and they go and turn on the machine, and you see the people do the gloves and everything, they get ready and they're like they're just about to do the heart surgery, and the guy hits a button on the machine and he just starts fucking stabbing the guy everywhere. It nice. just starts filling in with holes. And you're up really there sitting mean. there just like Huh. There's another one where you can you can take Why are you the, going around murdering people? You can poison so much? the heart. So you can put poison in the heart so that the guy immediately has his new heart in his chest. And they're like, oh god, it's spiking. He's dying. Well, there's loads of random I ended up just throwing a bust in like I, I found like a bust of someone's head and I threw it at him. And then I dragged him to the edge of this big platform and you can press Y to dump the body. And I literally just like I just went, huh? and it went body hidden and I was like it's not hidden it's down the cliff it's there I can see it and it's like I'm going on my helicopter getting out of here um, but yeah like this one the best levels are the murder mystery level and then the last level is a train level and the train one's really really good um, it's really what interesting what do you think the train one's based on train to Bizarre you sure it's not going to be based on murder on the Orient Express no it's nothing like oh. that um, yeah it's mostly an action level that's oh. kind of the problem is that this one more than any of the others you have some like creative stuff you can do and there's like a couple of bits and pieces here where you can get a bit creative but like it doesn't give you the freedom of the other ones um there's one level that took me about 10 minutes to finish on my first try and was no challenge at all i literally you're in a vineyard like in this massive winery and the guy's got these huge tanks that are pressurized and there's two people going like well, I hope the pressure doesn't go wrong on these tanks again. And he's like, yeah, you tell me. I'll worry about that there wine. And he's like, I'm going to go do my man stuff now. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go stand up here. And he just goes and stands up there. And you can literally, there's an entire party of guests about 50 meters away from you. There is a guy over in the corner, like in this little like alleyway from the slanted wall. Like there's a little alleyway in the middle of it and it goes back into the offices. And then this person over to your left, who is just sort of looking your direction, but sort of not. I just went up behind the guy, choked him out. No one saw me. Quickly put his clothes on. Again, no one saw me. Picked up a wrench from a toolbox down the bottom and then just fucked the pressure up and then walked back up, put my suit back on and just walked out. (laughs) And the guy came. And then instead of like any sort of elaborate plan, I just took out my silence pistol where I was in the same position where they couldn't see me choke the guy and just shot him in the head. And then I just put it away and I walked off and I hid in a bush until a gardener came towards me. I dragged him into the bush, stole his clothes, and then went and had a dance on the dance floor. Not even kidding. Wearing a gardener's outfit, I just walked into the middle of the dance floor to end the level. And the woman was like, have a tango with me, Agent 47. And I was like, well, of course I will. <laughs> These big fucking gardener gloves and a pair of shears up my arse. Just like, woo! Yeah, that's what you're I'm meant dance. to be here! Are you saying gardeners can't dance on the dance floor? <laughs> I, I bet that you look good on the dance floor. You're classist, you are. I don't know if you're a gardener. I don't know if you're a whiny or. I don't know what the fuck that is. 
So yeah, so uh, yeah, Hitman Three. It's it's the worst of the three, but that's it's still very very good. It just it's the least imaginative and least free uh, Hitman. Luckily though, if you have the other Hitman games, you can import them all into Hitman Three. Somehow it takes less space to have all three games than it does to have just the second one installed in your hard drive. Um, I also found that if you own Hitman 2 on disc and you go into the market, like even if you've downloaded everything and then you go into the Xbox Live market to get the Hitman 2 levels on Hitman 3, you can't do it that way. You have to put the disc in and then in the menu you go Hitman 3 access. So you click that. And then it takes you to the marketplace in the exact same page and it says free and you can get it for free and you add it to Hitman 3. And then you don't need the Hitman 2 disc anymore or the Hitman 1 disc. I have the Game of the Year version of Hitman 1 on my Xbox account because I think they gave it away with Games of Gold at some point. Probably. Um, but yeah, it's really good to have all those games together. I The new engine works on those older games. So basically like remasters for mm. as much as that means anything when it comes to these games because they're only like, what, four years old? Um, but the new engine does look a lot better and it looks a lot more... Shit man, more like. <laughs> I was trying to think about that for a while. One of, my, one of my favourite levels is joke. Hitman 2, you're in like a suburb and you can get a rake and there's like a postman that's walking along and you put the rake down on the ground and the postman walks into it and knocks And you put lots of rakes down and watch him <laughs> just keep going... Basically, just keep knocking himself out. There's um, a sideshow bobbing it. Yeah. Over and over again. Sideshow bobbing it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you like Hitman, this is going to be right up your alley. And it, it like I v think, v. I think that the fact that you do, you can import those levels, it makes it a great value prospect if you've got those other two games. And also as a hard drive saver, I mean the fact that it's sixty gig to have this with all of the Hitman one and two levels, or it's sixty gig for Hitman one alone, and then seventy four gig for Hitman two, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, but yeah, you can you can sort of sod those other two off. Just delete those from your hard drive and just have the you just play tiny games like I do all the time. Tiny games, yeah, for people with tiny decks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I I uh, I give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's pretty good. Pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Not Brad Pitt from that shit film you like. What what film? The shit one you like. Well, I don't like any Brad Pitt films. The Mexican. The Mexican? <laughs> With James Gandolfini. What's that other one he was in? Aaron Brockovich. Uh, what, Dave, was him, him and David Duchovny? Oh, uh, um, America. Was it America? Is that possibly, the one? something like that. The one where uh, Brad Pitt's a psychopath and David Duchovny's like a, a medical technician. Whatever happened to David Duchovny? He became a sex pervert and then oh. got a divorce and then... Uh, From Tia Leone? Yeah. She's lovely. She is. Was it I watched... You know I was talking about Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Ashley Judd was yeah. in some episodes. Yeah. She was in a horrific accident the other day apparently. Really? Yeah. Is she dead? In the jungle. No, she's okay. Oh. She was able to talk about it and stuff, but yeah, I think it's my fault for watching Wait, Star Wait, what was she doing? She was in the jungle or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. She was in the jungle? Yeah, I didn't really read past the headline. Oh, right. But um, yeah, it's just weird to see Ashley Judd come up from... Are you sure it wasn't Judd Nelson? Because sometimes I make that mistake. For, um, you know, the... You know, it's just weird that she hasn't been mentioned on anything for ages. And I start watching Next Generation. She turns up in like two episodes. So what you're saying is I shouldn't mention Richard Grieco because something awful might happen to him. Go for Kevin Sorbo. No, Richard Grieco. I want to talk about Richard Grieco quickly. 
because I love a no. film called you've got your spider toy. I love a film starring Richard Grieco called Webs, in which Richard Grieco gets teleported to a planet where they have spider zombies, and he has to fight them using all the well, powers. That's just Earth. That's just Earth. It's just Earth, but with spider zombies, and he yeah. gets he has to fight back using all the powers of an electrician, and uh, it's pretty what great. What powers are those? The power of power. Is that the power of electrician? Yeah, the power of electricity. Or at least some level of safe electrical system analysis. Anyway, um, but yeah, he was in, he was in Always Sunny in Philadelphia and I rewatched that episode recently where he keeps eating chalk to settle his stomach. Charlie takes on the persona of an artist and becomes obsessed with Richard Grieco. (laughs) He keeps eating chalk to settle his stomach because he's getting stressed. Oh, the eyes light up. Cool. I think my light's failing. Yeah. Super cool, dude. Super cool Transformer you got there. Yeah. Super cool, super cool Transformer that you're probably going to review for your channel. Maybe one day. This is an old one. Speaking of your channels, Ant, where can people find you? Of course you're not going to say because you're terrible. Um, You can find Ant at... I don't do this self-promotion stuff. It's shameless. What? You? So you get me to do it? Yeah. Which is still self-promotion because I'm still doing it on your behalf. It's shameful. God, I've got the most sick feeling in my mouth. Sick feeling? Yeah, you're sick just, feeling. Uh, I bite my thumb at thee. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you can find Anna at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can find him on YouTube at Mellow Gaming. You're still the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube? Sure. Until I start one, you son of a bitch. Um, and you can also find you reacting to some Power Rangers-esque programs in Reacting Sentai Yopper Ranger. Yeah, is that right? Maybe. Is that right? Did I get right today? Yeah, yeah. You can also what's your what's your Transformers channel? It's called Ant's Bot Collection. It's called Ant's Bot Collection. Yeah. Ant's Bottom Collection. This week whose whose bottom is it that you're talking about? Not, not bottoms. Oh. Bots. I love the way you look at the fridge that you keep your victims' asses and you're like, it's not bottoms. What else are you reviewing in that fridge? What have you got in there? Fucking kombucha bowl. <laughs> No, it's how kombucha still has bomb. You, you're sick. <laughs> you're a sick lad. Um, you can find me at Crit Apocalypse on Twitter, on YouTube, and also now on Parlor. Parlor's gone. <laughs> no, that's a joke. <laughs> we should join Parlor and try and be a no. positive influence. No. <laughs> we should be like, I see your point of view, but you're factually wrong. <laughs> Let me try and help no, you. I'm sure they've got another one they like now, haven't they? Well, yeah, whatever's starting in Russia. WikiLeaks. Hmm. They just talk to each other on Facebook. They're all fucking old Facebook people. Stupid cunts. What you dumb? Uh, I guess. Bye. Say goodbye to the children. Boris Johnson fucks kids. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. We don't have libel laws in the UK, so I can say that. We do. No, we don't. Not in the same way that America does. Like, in some instances, <sighs> the platform's responsible for what I say because they published it. Technically, they're the publisher. We're just creators. They should edit the publications they hold on their site. Or they should stop Boris Johnson fucking kids. Did you hear he personally asked for Gary Glitter to get the vaccine? (laughs) So, uh, so, man, who's your favourite monster from British history? Are you dumb? Yeah, okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. Have a great week or two, I guess.